Sometimes We Do Plumbing, Episode 2. I lay half in the crawl space and half in the sticker bushes in stunned silence and disbelief. The gray cat intonated. In my mind, I hear, you need a weapon. You're ill-equipped to face this minor challenge. Shivers run up and down my spine, and I feel every hair on my body standing on end. I briefly consider going further into the crawl space, more concerned with the eye, more concerned with the idea of a telepathic cat crawling on my legs, than most probably a possum stuck in a crawl space. Don't do it. You have iron on your van. Go retrieve it and come back. I'll be waiting. I wasn't quite sure what the cat was talking about. I started thinking about what weapons I had on my van. I have a large Bowie knife stashed under the seat, but a stainless steel, not iron. Move, kitty, I said to the cat as I shimmied my way back out of the crawl space. The cat moved off to one side as I tried to maneuver my average size frame out of the hole and through the cluster of bushes in reverse. I got far enough out that I could stand up. I brushed the dust and cobwebs from my head and coveralls and proceeded back to my van. The back door whined as it opened, followed by, Is everything okay, Mr. Vanner? She pronounced my name so it rhymed with manner. I didn't bother to correct her. People have been mispronounced both of my names my entire life. Ingvi is not a common name, nor is Veneer. I stopped getting upset about mispronunciations ages ago. Yes, ma'am, just going back to my van for some more parts, I replied. I walked around the house and up the drive toward my van. My phone began ringing in my pocket. I pull it out and look at the screen. I don't recognize the number and contemplate letting it go to the voicemail. Veneer plumbing and paranormal, I answer. My voice a bit gruffer than normal. I listen to the man on the other end of the line. He's going on about a dripping faucet in his bathroom. I sit down on the bumper of my van and light a cigarette while he rattles on. I pull a long drag just as he wraps up his essay on water waste. And he asks, so you can, can you come right away? I let out a heavy audible sigh. No, sir, I can't come fix your drippy faucet tonight. I'll call you in the morning when, no, when one of us is heading your way. He didn't care for that and proceeded to rant about how precious a resource water is and how I need to get over there right now. After he was finished, I took another long draw off my smoke and flicked the butt out in the street. Listen, sir, can I call you, sir? The gruffness in my voice is palpable, like gravel on glass. I'm about to go into a very small crawl space to fight a monster. And a talking cat said I could die, so... Is this a joke to you? 
be interrupted before I could finish. If you can't wait till tomorrow, just call someone else. I gotta go. Like I said, I've got a crawlspace monster to kill. And the call and put my phone back in my pocket. Walk around to the front of my van and grab my buoy from under the seat. Unsheath the knife and look near the tang. 440 stainless is stamped into the metal. Definitely not iron. I didn't care. I resheath the large knife and stick it in my coverall pocket. I proceed back up the drive and stop at the back back of my van. See a piece of black iron pipe laying amidst the PVC, copper, pegs, and various other pipes, either used for materials or cut out of other people's homes. I grab the iron pipe. It feels good in my hand. It's about an inch in diameter and about three feet long. Probably too long to swing with any force in the crawl space. I rummage a little bit and find my cordless sawzall. I mount the pipe to the small vise on my bumper and cut the end off the pipe at about a 30 degree angle. The cutting makes a racket and the next door neighbor's porch light comes on as I'm removing the pipe from the vise. An elderly man in pajamas steps out on his porch and gives me the look. Sorry, sir. Emergency repair. I explained in my loudest whisper. Keep it down. People are trying to sleep, you damn heathen. He shouted back at me while waving his hand dismissively in my direction. I chuckled quietly to myself and continued back up the drive towards the rear of the house. I practiced thrusting with my homemade pole arm as soon as I turned the corner and out of sight of inquisitive neighbors. Felt like it could be a decent enough weapon, especially in confined quarters. As I once again approach the thick, spiked overgrowth, a cat appears out of the shadows. He lets out a cat chirp that almost sounds like a laugh. I was beginning to think you a coward, Ingvi Veneer. What did you bring? I'm impressed by the fact that the cat can pronounce my name properly. I produce my knife from my pocket first and display it in the moonlight for the cat. He sniffs the air and a look of disapproval disapproval traces across his feline features. Set it on the ground, the voice in my head interpreted his meow. Now it's my turn to have a disapproving look come across my face. I set the large knife on the ground. The gray cat approaches the knife cautiously. He stops in front of it, sniffs the air, and reaches out with a tentative paw, touching the knife. This is no good. This will get you killed. What's that stick you brought? Set it down. I know I smell iron. I pick my knife up, and I'm a little upset that a telepathic cat doesn't like my very expensive custom-made buoy knife. I set the pipe down, and the cat repeats the previous process that he performed on the knife. He jumps and let, lets out a cat squeal, 
while at the same time yelling, Yow, fuck, in my mind. That's the stuff I hear. I try to process exactly what's going on and why I haven't questioned my sanity yet. It's just a piece of pipe. Why did it spark like that? Static in your fur? I ask, trying to find some part of tonight's events that might have even the most remote tie to science in the real world. Don't be dense, Yingvi, the cat purred. Iron is anathema to my kind. After being admonished as dense, I stammer for my next question. I have cats, and I've never seen no shit like that. The cat brings a paw up to his forehead. Odin's beard, man. I'm no more cat than you are. <laughs> I beg to disagree, was the only thing I could think to say. We are kin, Yingbi, though many generations removed. I am of the Voror, as, you, as were your ancestors. I try to think if I've ever heard of this word before. A what? I ask. A voror, he says again. I shrug at him. A she? I still have no idea what he's talking about. My blank face, face betrays this fact. Fay, elf, any of the words mean anything to you, Veneer? It was obvious he was disgusted with me. I can still feel the sneer attached to the way he said my name just now. Okay, so you're an elf. So why do you look like a cat? Some witch's curse or something? The cat walked in a tight circle, swishing his tail back and forth rapidly. I could feel the cat's agitation at my ignorance. Knowing me. I take a f the form of a cat when I'm on Midgard to avoid detection from humans and the unseelie. Animals, dogs, cats, and others take notice of us in any form. It draws too much unwanted attention. When dogs bark and whine at me in any other forms. But do the same for a cat? It's the most natural thing in all of Midgard. I nodded my understanding to the cat. I considered asking about the unseelie, but thought better of it. For now, at least. So I guess I should go get to it. There's an unseelie under the house, isn't there? I asked grimly. Cat nodded. It's a douchey. And they have no place in Midgard. This unseelie is trying to find ingress into Midgard by way of possession. Go under there and kill it. And this piece of gas pipe will do that? I asked. Looking at the pipe in my hand doubtfully. Cat gave a nod. You have to do the killing, Veneer. Cat replied. The weapon simply gives you the means to accomplish this. I make my way back to the crawl space opening, turn my light on, and proceed head first into the confining space under the house. <laughs> 